This is Brandon M. Crooker, and you're listening to the Apostolic Theory Podcast. Today, we've got a very special guest with us. I'm super excited about this. Uh, This is going to be a topic that um, maybe only a few people or a few hundred people will understand, but it's going to be so powerful. It's going to be so important. Before we get into that, uh, I'm going to introduce our guest, uh, Brother Denny Feltz. Uh, super excited again. Uh, go ahead and introduce yourself to the uh, to the audience, uh, and then we'll get right into what you've prepared. Uh, first of all, Brother Cooker, um, I must say that I owe you an apology. I know this is something you contacted me about quite some time ago and just failed to take the time to make it happen. Uh, in fact, I'm ashamed to say that when I began to look back, I think it had been about eight months since you originally contacted me about doing this. Uh, so I do apologize for taking so long to do the podcast. Uh, I honestly just kind of put it off, uh, thinking you would forget about it. Uh, but then as I thought more and I prayed about it, uh, I felt that I needed to make it happen. So uh, I don't necessarily feel that I have much to say or may not be that well prepared or put together today. Uh, but maybe it can help someone. And so please forgive me for the delay. Uh, but now that we're here, uh, finally taking the time, agreed to do this, uh, I'm excited for the opportunity. Uh, so thank you for the invitation and for being patient in the process. Um, so a little bit about us. Um, I am, uh, or maybe our background, my name is Denny Feltz. I'm married to my wonderful wife, uh, Naomi. July will make 21 years of being happily married. Uh, we have two sons and then a daughter. Uh, Jordan is our oldest. He just got married. Uh, so we just added a wonderful daughter-in-law, uh, Sarah. And then our middle son, Caden, is 16. And our daughter, Lena, is 13. Uh, my wife, uh, as well as our children, are a major help in what God has called us to do. Um, I am blessed to have been raised by godly parents. Uh, I've been far from perfect, uh, but I've always been in the church. I've always had a desire to live for God. Uh, Growing up, I received a solid foundation and a love for this precious truth at Stuttgart, Arkansas. Uh, I came up under the ministry of Brother Guy Looper, a great man uh, who I often look at as a second father, or or was to me, uh, whom I still love dearly. A great church, great people, uh, people who love God and love truth. In 2013, uh, we felt to move, and after much prayer, uh, God opening numerous doors, uh, we were released by Brother Looper, and we moved from Arkansas to Sebastopol, Mississippi, uh, under Mark Copeland. And I'm not sure if you know Bishop Copeland, uh, but he's an icon in Pentecost, a tremendous man, a uh, visionary, uh, has built an unbelievable revival church in the middle of nowhere. Uh, they're currently looking to break ground, I think, a 2,500-seat auditorium wow. in a town of like 263 people. So... Uh, it's mind-blowing what God's done there. Uh, last year, they had over 100 soul revival. Uh, this year, they've already had over 200 souls. Um, so as a pastor starting a church, uh, I have a great example to look to, as well as something to chase for the kingdom. Uh, Bishop Copeland is still my pastor, and he's helped us to grow and develop into the calling that God has for us. Uh, anything that we accomplished uh up till now or in the future for the kingdom of God. If you look closely, uh, you'll see his handprints on it somewhere. Uh, But we held there in Sebastopol in various uh, capacities for six and a half years. And at his prompting, uh, after much prayer, 
and with his blessing, we started a church in Columbus, Mississippi, um, just a, a fresh plant, nothing here, knew nobody. Uh, so we planted the church in January of 2020, and that March is when Blessed COVID struck. Uh, and many said that, you know, that was the absolute worst time to have started a church. But God helped us in the midst of it. Uh, and we grew even in the middle of a pandemic. And so we've been here in Columbus for just over three years. Uh, God's blessed us tremendously. And for that, I'm extremely grateful. Uh, so that's that's just a brief overview of who we are, where we came from. Uh, maybe that's enough information and backstory on uh, who we are. If not, feel free to ask any questions that you have. So. No, I think that that's tremendous. Um, but now we're going to get get right into um, you know this this topic of uh, mentality, um, the home missions, and 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 really uh, get down to the the nitty gritty. I guess is the best way to say it. You know how important it is for our mind state, not only mentally but spiritually. Um, to fulfill the call of God, you know, in home mission. So I'm very excited just to hear what you have to say on it. Um, I'm just going to give you the floor, and I'm just going to, and we'll just see what the Lord will do. All right, again, thankful for the opportunity. Uh, I'm going to move kind of quickly, got a lot of ground I'm going to try to cover. Uh, I want to be conscious of people's time. Um, but I want to do one again by saying uh, that while God has blessed us tremendously in the planning of Pentecostal Tabernacle Columbus, uh, we'll get into some of those things, uh, but I do not feel that it's because we are super qualified. Uh, in fact, we're probably less qualified than most. Uh, we're no better, no smarter than anyone else. Uh, and as we discuss what we feel, what I feel to talk about today, I by no means have everything figured out. Um, I want it understood from the beginning uh, that the things that we talk about, the things we're going to discuss are to be a help and an encouragement to someone. Uh, by no means am I correcting, condemning, belittling. Uh, it's just that in my humble uh, observation, my opinion, uh, but I also feel that God has given us leadership in our life. And then on top of that, God's favor, his wisdom has helped us in some areas. So uh, my goal today is that I can be a help to someone. If there's a couple, maybe they're praying about starting a church, uh, maybe a current church plant, a home missionary, a new pastor, maybe even an older church. Uh, the seasoned pastor and his wife, that they're simply not seeing the results that they would like to see. Uh, I want to maybe bring a fresh perspective uh, that I believe is vital, not only in our walk with God, but definitely as leaders. Uh, I believe it's key in building a church. Uh, now, this isn't just for the ministry. Uh, this isn't just for church planners or home missions. I believe these principles uh, and maybe a shift in our mindset can help all of us live for God and accomplish more for the kingdom. Uh in the church world, and especially in Pentecost, we talk a lot about faith. Uh, we understand that faith is a vital part of being saved. Um, Hebrews 11 and 6, without faith, it's impossible to please him. You know, he that cometh to God must uh, be, understand that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So the word lets us know uh, that it's going to take faith on our part to please God. So without faith, we can't even come to him. Uh, we understand that in we walk with God, uh, that everything we do is predicated upon faith. Uh, you know, again, we could go into different verses. You know, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So faith is uh, stepping out on what you cannot see. It's taking a leap uh, when, honestly, there's no proof that there's anything there to get you. Uh, it takes faith to launch a church. Um, and there's a verse of scripture that we quote a lot. 
Uh, we say it often as preachers when we're trying to build someone's faith uh, to believe in something they cannot see, and that's Second Corinthians 5 and 7, but we walk by faith and not by sight. Uh, we use the scripture. We talk about it being a walk of faith, that you must trust in God even when you don't see it. We sing the song, um, you know, even when I can't see it, you're working. Even when I can't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. Uh, we teach our saints that God has placed uh, under our care that they must keep believing even when it seems impossible. And it is said that doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result, is the definition of insanity. But when you're doing things in accordance with God's word, this doing the same thing over and over while expecting a different result can also be defined as faith. Uh, we talk a lot about faith, but then we often don't exemplify what we're speaking about. Uh, we're just going to dive in here, and I'm going to talk about mentality, motive, and home missions. Uh, when you look at home missions, I believe that many who start a work, uh, they have the mentality that they're somehow beneath other ministries. Or that they got this ideal that, well, we're just small and it's going to take years to do anything substantial. We just got to ride out the storm. And things are said like, well, are you full-time ministry? As if it's, you know, being forced to work a secular job just to try to build a church is somehow degrading. Uh, and if starting a church and working 50 hours a week while juggling family and responsibility, your personal relationship with God is part-time, uh, full-time ministry would be the death of me uh, because, you know, it's, it's definitely full-time. But I must say, from the time we planted the church, uh, many, they would call, you know, us home missionaries. And I understand where they're coming from, understand what people mean by this. But at the same time, there's been a part of me that simply will not accept that. And this is why. Uh, this may sound crazy to some, but just hear me out. I have found that it becomes really easy when someone goes to start a church to settle uh, in not only under the title of a home mission, but the mentality of home mission. Mm. Uh, while many others have, and that's okay, again, I'm not belittling, um, but I never refer to us as home missions. I never have. Uh, we planted a church, and we're building a church, not a home group, not a home meeting. Um, and again, I hope that doesn't come across arrogant or boastful, but there are 50,000 people within driving distance of, of our church. Uh, a home group isn't going to be able to adequately affect lives in our community. We got, we, we're called to so, see soul saved. Uh, so we've got to make a difference. So God didn't call me to pastor, you know, eight to 15 people, uh, in a home or a storefront for the rest of my life. Uh, and I understand you've got to start somewhere. I don't despise the day of small things, but I refuse to settle for small. Uh, I refuse to settle that we're just home missions, struggling along. We're just going to get by. Uh, we've got to be very careful about our mentality. And so just how important is our mentality? Uh, I have multiple colleagues, friends, acquaintances who have planted churches. Uh, and, and in that, I've seen varying results. Uh, there's churches that have been planted for three years, five years, seven, 12, 15 uh, and now, I'm not an expert in the church planning, but I do have eyes, I have ears, I do pray, I ask God for wisdom and how to build and lead a church. And when I look around, I see men that in just a few years have gone from nothing uh, to great churches. Uh, when Bishop Copeland took Pine Grove, they had a small building and around 30 people. And 25 years later, um, they're running 1,000 people. Uh, that doesn't just happen. And I believe mentality and his motives is exactly what has had everything to do with that being accomplished. 
Uh, I have friends who started churches with only their families, and seven to eight years later, they're running, you know, 150, 100, 200 people. Uh, I have friends that in two to three years, they're running 40 to 60 people. And that doesn't just happen. Now, uh, before you say or before people think, well, Brother Phelps, you're looking at it wrong, uh, this isn't about numbers. Uh, I would agree it's not about numbers that I can boast or that I can brag about. Uh, it's not what I've done or how many I pastor, but it is about numbers uh, because our communities and our cities are lost. And without this Acts 238 message, without repentance, water baptism in Jesus' name, without the infilling of the Holy Ghost, evidenced by speaking in other tongues, um, you know, that's the only, the only time being concerned with numbers is wrong is when my motive is wrong. Uh, but if it's to see people wow. saved, then that's never wrong. Um, and maybe someone needs to be reminded. But this gospel that calls for us to be separate and holy unto God it's the only hope that our world has. Uh, our world's dark, you know, and we better be having the gospel and the light. Uh, the only thing that overcomes darkness is the light. And so uh, it's incumbent on us uh, to be there. But unless everyone within driving distance of my assembly uh, has experienced Pentecost, is living for him, then it is about a number. Uh, because our commission is our goal, our job is to reach the lost. Uh, one of those uh, that their churches have grown, and it's obvious that God's favor is on what they're doing. There's other churches that, you know, 8, 10, 15 years, maybe even 20 years down the road, they're still just a home mission or a small church just surviving. And, and I just don't believe that's the will of God. Um, and I want to say this as kind as possible, yet be realistic. Motive that they have is often the reason that they have what they have. Um, you talk to men and, and it's, it's, you know, they're just barely getting by. They're just holding on till Jesus comes. Uh, you know, what's God supposed to do with mentality like that? I mean, is he supposed to override our fear and our doubt and, and just give us revival even when we don't really believe it can happen? Uh, some, some home missions, um, you know, they're constantly looking for a handout. Every time you talk to them, it's, uh, they're in the moly grubs, they're down, they're out, they're just struggling to make it. Uh, no one has it as hard as they do, always dreaming of a better church, a better situation, that something would just drop in their lap. Uh, and I hate that for you, but that's not the God I serve. Uh, he said that it's not his will that any should perish, right. but that all should come to repentance. And that means that if my motive is seeing people saved and delivered and set free and developed into a disciple, now guess what? I'm in his will. And my mentality is God is with us. Uh, Brother Copeland preaches a message. Uh, we are not Egyptians. We are Israelites. And I think a lot of times we fail to, to really realize the significance of that. God can place us in Goshen in the midst of Egypt. Um, and don't take what I'm saying uh, in the wrong spirit. I want to be a help. I don't want to tear down. Uh, but some home missions, they become professional bums. And, and no, they're not standing on a street corner with a sign uh, but they're constantly had a sad story to tell. They're looking for help. They're looking for sympathy. Uh, so what makes one church plan excel while another falters? What makes one small church explode uh, with revival and another one set stagnant? I submit that it's our mentality and our motive. Uh, I can think of a group of churches that 15 to 20 years ago was very similar as far as numbers, um, as far as facilities. You know, they, they were neck to neck. 
But right now, those same churches, some have grown to four or five hundred, some to eight hundred, uh, while others are still at thirty to fifty or went down in attendance. Why is this? Um, you talk to those men, and, and I believe you very quickly see why. Uh, the ones that are growing, the ones that are having revival, they're talking about the goodness of God. Their mentality is about growth. It's about revival. It's about harvest. Uh, their motive isn't to prove that they're right. Uh, their motive isn't to prove that everyone that doesn't agree with me is trash. Uh, it, it's, you know, it's how can we advance the kingdom? What can we do to reach a soul? How can I show the love of God? They don't have a bunch of sad stories. Um, they're blessed and highly favored. And it's not because they don't have problems. Uh, it's just they don't dwell on those problems. And, and the other side, you know, it's doom and gloom and how bad it is just trying to survive. If we can just hold on till Jesus comes. Um, while one is saying, man, people are hungry. We're teaching Bible studies. We're baptizing people. People receiving the Holy Ghost. God is good. He's faithful. We're blessed. The other side is things, you know, Things are bad. The economy is bad. Sin is rampant. The devil's on the loose. People just don't want to live for God anymore. Uh, they don't want truth. Uh, but I beg to differ because we know that God hasn't changed. The reason there's two different results is I believe there's two different mentalities and different motives. Uh, I've heard it so much. You know, we're just a small country church. We're not like that church. When often the one they refer to at one time, it was a small country church just like they was. Uh, but that church refused to be handicapped by a mentality, uh, and their motive isn't about them, but rather it's about him. And, you know, people often have a small church mentality. We've all seen it. Uh, but when we started the church here, uh, I can tell you that people would come to me. I understand they meant well. I completely understand it. Uh, but they would say, you know, so you're going to start a church. Well, you better buckle your seatbelt because that's hard work. It takes a long time. Uh, there aren't many men who can plant a church. And, again, I know they're trying to encourage, but normally they're doing right the opposite because, uh, you know, why not build up the church planner, not try to convince them that it's nearly an impossible task? Um, please understand, hear me out. I, I'm not trying to discourage. I'm not trying to tear down anyone. I'm trying to let us know that God is no respecter of persons. If he will bless others to build a church, then I just believe he can build. he can help me to build a church. Uh, when I hear of revival in a city, great harvest, it excites me. When I see friends post social media, uh, people getting the Holy Ghost, people baptized, I rejoice because when I go back to prayer, I say, God, if you can do it there, if you can do it in that city, I'm your child just like they are. If you can do it for them, then I'm just believing you're going to do it for me. And, uh, you know, there are those that will get jealous uh, when they hear of a church having revival and growing. You know, why is it that we can go to a meeting and a foreign missionary gets up and testifies how they had 100 or 200 receive the Holy Ghost and, man, we'll praise and worship. We'll shout the house down with excitement. But in that same meeting, you let a neighboring pastor that's an hour away get up and testify that he had 30 receive the Holy Ghost. And it's not quite the same response. You know, we, we look with scorn. We look with disbelief. People say things like, well, they must be going charismatic. They, they, they got to be letting down. You know, they're, they're backing up because you can't just grow like that. Uh, you know, why is it that we can rejoice with the one that's 2,000 miles away, but we tear the one down to 60 miles away? Wow. God help us. Um, but our motive has to be about, it can't be about our kingdom because that's, that's when jealousy comes with numbers and, and, and growth and all those things is, is because we get to focus on building our kingdom, not the kingdom of God. 
this thing isn't about me. It's not about you. It's not about, no, it's, it's all about him. Uh, so we started out today talking about faith, and I believe that our mentality is simply a gauge by which we can see where our faith is. Uh, we often say that we have faith, we believe God to do anything, but if you hear people's conversations about their problems, you quickly realize their problems are bigger than their God is. And as leaders, as pastors, uh, we're responsible for the climate that is created in our church. Uh, if, if your church is not what you want it to be, only you can change that. That's the only way. Uh, if they don't pray the way you think they should stay, pray. Uh, instead of running, instead of running my saints down to my preaching buddy, I'm going to teach them how to pray. You know, I'm going to lead in prayer, and they'll follow. Uh, if those saints are always depressed, guess what? Guess whose job it is to lift them up? It's our job. Uh, but explain to me how I can preach to people how great this God is that I serve. If they constantly hear me murmur and complain about my problems and how I just don't know if we can make it. I don't know what we're going to do. You know, again, do we face trials? Do we face tests? You better believe it. Uh, but also we must realize that in the midst of that, God knows what he's doing and there's a purpose for the test. Um, I am convinced that the reason some see growth, some see revival and harvest while others remain stagnant is due to mentality of the leadership. Uh, over a period of time, a church will become a reflection of the pastor. If everyone in my church is negative, if they're fearful, if they're full of doubt, I've got to change that climate. Uh, I must give them a revelation of the God that we serve. And, you know, we hear it often. Don't know that we really grasp it, but you get what you preach. And if everything's negative, then that, that's what I'm going to have. Mm. But if it's happy, if it's joyful, if it's then you know what? It's going to have godly people. Uh, when our community sees us out, we should be the happiest people they make contact with. Uh, you know, when we're out and about in the city, the waitresses should be fighting over who's going to get to serve us because we have something they don't have. Uh, some pastors, uh, you know, you see them in town, you see them out in the community. Um, you know, they're, they're, it's, it seems like it's the grouchiest, grumpiest people. And then they can't figure out why no one's coming to our church. You know, uh, today, as I discuss the importance of our mentality, understanding that our mentality affects our attitude and our heart, uh, which in turn affects what we say. Um, you know, people say, well, what I say doesn't affect how my church grows. Uh, you know, I'm just being honest. I'm just telling it like it is. But Matthew tells us that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Uh, the saints that God has blessed us to pastor, they should never hear negativity from my mouth. Uh, I have problems. I have circumstances just like everyone else. But those saints can't do anything about it. Uh, and so my job is to take it to God not to complain over the pulpit and in private conversation. Uh, only God can. So I'll talk to him. I keep building their faith in God, and he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think. Uh, but the key is according to the power that worketh in us. Uh, we have a part to play in seeing the work that God works in our situation. Again, these are verses we say, but Proverbs 18 and 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. It's important what we say. We better stop. We must think before we speak. We may have problems. We may be full of doubt. But when I begin to speak those things, it reveals my mentality. And Satan, you know, Satan cannot read our thoughts. But if I'm constantly telling telling everyone about how he's whipping me and he's hearing that and he knows where to attack me, uh, it's just words, you know. But people got to understand we prophesy our tomorrows by what we speak today. Wow. Uh, we're made in the likeness and image of God. 
And just as his spoken word creates and he has power, so do we. I believe it matters what we're saying. And I'm going to try to hurry quickly here. But uh, my mentality must be no matter how dark this world gets, that doesn't cause me to give up on God and complain. I know we look around us. We talk about how evil, how bad things are, you know. But if we're not careful, people already know that. I don't have to tell people when they come in to visit our church how bad the world is. I mean, that's probably why they're showing up at church, because they understand, hey, things are wrapping up. Um, they don't need another voice telling them how bad it is. They don't need someone. But instead, they need someone speaking hope. They need light. They need a voice preaching about a liver, a healer, a miracle worker, a God that will not leave you nor forsake you. Billy Cole used to say, speak what you see until you see what you speak. And he spoke of one day that he would see 3,000 get the Holy Ghost in a day. Many thought he was crazy, but he spoke positive and his mentality was of a faith and a belief that God could bring it to pass. And I think the key here wasn't just his mentality, but his motive came from a love for people. Not to build his kingdom or to fill his pockets, that he could buy another lake house, that he could get the latest Gucci product. Um, the mentality and motive that he had ended up seeing more than 3,000 precious souls receive the Holy Ghost in a single service. Not just once, but 16 times before he passed away. So you cannot convince me that mentality and motive doesn't matter. Now, this isn't something that I've just studied up, that I've prepared to talk about today, uh, but this is something I have lived. When God called us to Columbus, I was just ignorant enough to believe that if he called us, that he could take care of us, he could build a church. Uh, and my mentality uh, has been that, hey, anything's possible. Uh, from the time I came, you know, it's been, hey, we're not going to take forever to grow a church. We're going to vote. We're going to go. We're not going to have small church mentality. Uh, we're going to give it everything we got and let God make the difference. And what I'm about to say is not to boast or brag. Uh, I'm, I'm saying this in humility. It's not been us. It has been God. But my motive today is in glorifying him, not not us. But I do believe a mentality that trusts in him and speaks positively and uplifting, I believe he can use that. And a motive that says, I want to do this as unto the Lord. Uh, Colossians 3 and verse 23 and whatsoever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men, knowing that the Lord you shall that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. Mentality and motive matter. And I'm going to say a few things here uh, that very few people know, but I feel to say it, maybe it can help someone. When we started the church, uh, we were going to rent a motel conference room to get started. Uh, however, as we're starting, um, literally a week before we launched, or a couple weeks before we launched, uh, two different pastors committed that, hey, we're going to pay your a year's rent. So we go, we sign a lease on a building with the assurance that our first two years was paid for. And, and you know, man, we can rejoice in that. We can be thrilled in that. Man, look at God working. But then COVID hit. And due to circumstances beyond their control, uh, not upsetting anyone, but we never received the first dime. And small mentality said we're in trouble, that we better quit because, you know, what are we going to do now? But our people never knew that. I never said a thing about it. I preached faith. I preached God's going to take care of us. God's going to make a way. 
I preached revival. I preached growth. We trusted him. I'm not going to say it was easy. Um, I probably got a few more gray hairs out of the deal, uh, but we were able to pay for it. We were able to survive. Um, one year later, we outgrew that building. We needed a building. Didn't know how, but God opened the door for us to share a building with a phenomenal church. Uh, the next year, some things that were getting uncomfortable in the building, getting tight, God opened another door. And we currently share a building with a, another denominal church, great facilities, lots of room, and a fraction of the cost that it would cost for us to actually own the building. Um, now, again, we want our building. We want God to open the door. We want, But in the, in the process, we're going to do whatever we have to to have revival. Uh, currently, this building's uncertain. Uh, we're not going to be know if we're going to be able to purchase it, if we're going to have to find another location. We're really not sure. Uh, and so, again, it would be easy for us to fret about it. But that's what small mentality will do. But I not only believe, but I speak to the church. God's going to give us a building. If it's not this building, he'll open the door for another one. Because uh, that's what faith in God and the right mentality knows can happen. Uh, when the motive isn't about my recognition, it's not about look at me, uh, then I can know with assurance that he's going to take care of us just like he has every other time. Uh, I mean, he's always come through. Uh, you know, I just don't believe he's going to going to fail us now. Um, in year two of the church plant, I lost my secular job, but never once did I whimper or complain to the church. Uh, you know, I didn't come to the church. You're going to have to pay more. You're going to have to give. You know, God's going to take care of us, and he's proven to do so over and over. Uh, just recently, I felt to go into revival. Uh, we didn't have the money for revival. I prayed about it. I talked to God about it. God just kept telling me to, to do it. So I said, okay, you're going to have to pay for it. Um, home mentality mission was screaming, we can't afford revival. Uh, the first three weeks of that revival, totally unexpected, three different people, not associated with our church, gave $1,000 a piece. And the right mentality and motive, and we went eight weeks of revival. I believe we had 19 or 20 people receive the Holy Ghost. So, th so this is what I'm trying to leave with the listeners. While there is no, you know, I'm going to say this right. It's, it, you know, it doesn't matter if you consider yourself a saint, a home missionary, a church planner, a minister, pastor, whatever. Do not be content with a satisfied mentality. We should be content in what God has given us, but we can never be satisfied. If you've been someone that's been a negative Nancy, um, you always see the worst. Ask God to help you and give everything to changing your mentality. Speak positive. Speak life. Let your people know that God still sits upon the throne. He's still in control. Uh, there's going to be a church in the last days. The question is, will you and I be a part of that church? Uh, and I believe with everything in me, it's not going to be a sick and anemic church, just barely holding up. But I believe it's going to be a vibrant church, a revival church. Um, you can build a church. You can have revival, you can have harvest, but your trust must be in God. Your motive has got to be pleasing him, glorifying him, and then have a mentality that he's able to do it. Uh, Jeremiah said it this way. He said, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. God knows how to take care of his children. But our mentality and our motive can often derail his will for our lives. Uh, you, might, you may be a home missionary. You may be small. But the mentality must be, I'm serving the same God. And if he can do it there, he can do it here. If he did it for them, then why won't he do it for me? 
uh, at conferences, at camp meetings, there is much, uh, you know, much effort to try to motivate the home missionary so that they can go home and motivate those few people. But when our motive is unto the Lord and to advance his kingdom, we don't have to find or manufacture motivation. God's godly motives will produce the motivation for that leader and through him impart that same motivation to those people. You don't have to build up. You don't have to hype up if you've got your motives and your mentality right. When I see a Mark Copeland, when I see a Joel Holmes, a Kenneth Carpenter, Johnny Godair, Brother Booker, Brother Wilson, uh, Brother Haney, McKee, you know, I can go on and on. But when I see a revival church, my mentality is if they can do it there, then why can't I do it here? Um, you know, we serve the same God. We just must step out and have a positive, men- positive mentality of faith. I've gone on long enough. I'm going to stop. But if, if you're tired of getting what you're getting, then you probably need to quit doing what you're doing. If revival isn't happening in your life, in your family, and in your church, check your mentality. Check what you're saying. Check what you're speaking. Uh, check your motive. Why are you doing what you're doing? And, and so I pray this can be a help to someone today. Again, I probably went too long. Uh, but you know, I believe that mentality and motive is vital for a home missionary. Uh, I believe it's the only way we're going to build a successful church for the kingdom of God. This podcast is made possible because of listeners like you who are willing to bridge the gap. We now have a sponsorship program on our Anchor website in which you can become a monthly sponsor of $1, $5, or $10 a month. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook.